0: Hi, I'm Maria Harris of LSOs, and welcome back to Sew so Over 50 Podcast. Stay listening, everyone. Sew so Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sew so Over 50 Podcast. What sewing have you done during the COVID lockdown? Today's guest is Angie Hinksman. So over 50 followers will know Angie from her latest dress that she made from strips of a duvet cover. So let's welcome Angie to the podcast. How are you, Angie? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I'm, you know, a bit, it's a bit miserable today here in, in the UK, really. I'm sorry about yesterday. I had a greenhouse collapse on me. <laughs> I'm building it's not as bad as it, it sounds. I'm building a greenhouse in the garden, but it's a um, polycarbonate greenhouse. So it's not glass, so it's, you know. And it was meant to be done last week, me and my son, and then he got called into work, so it's half done. And because it's half done, the wind gets trapped in it and pushes bits out. And then I have to run down and push them back in. And it was just, yeah. It was, and then I thought, oh, it's the time. And I ran back and it was too late, but sorry about that. <laughs> all right it sounds like you lead a very exciting life i lead a very busy life but that's deliberate i try and keep myself as busy as possible so i don't go start raping that quite frankly but
0: yeah 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 you know that's that's me
1: i'm a sewer for lifetime since i was little and then i'm originally from the states from virginia and then grew up in california and my husband moved here and always sewed and had a career. I, I did bridal wear, occasion wear, worked for a soft furnishing company, you know, just always just loved to sew. And I was a teacher for 20 years. And then six years ago, my husband, who was also a lecturer, got bowel cancer and everything just completely stopped. Everything focused on that. And for however many years, that was our life. And then the two years, the year, 18 months before pandemic, he died. And we, we actually think, although it says he died of cancer, we think it, well, it was because of pneumonia. And they think the pneumonia was brought on by a COVID-type flu virus. They couldn't pinpoint it. I'm so sorry. But yeah, it's, thank you. I get really frustrated when people say, oh, it's just like the flu. And I thought, well, it's not. You know, with flu, for the most part, we can treat it. With this, this was completely new. And I remember the doctor saying to me, we don't know what this is. We're getting more and more people. With this flu-like thing, and then you know, sure enough, eighteen months later, yeah, you know, here we are, here we were. But um, so sewing, literally, I think probably saved my life because after that, and I, you know, you go into mourning and grieving. Hmm. We got to the pandemic, and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I've got to. This is ridiculous. I've, I'm either gonna sink, I'm gonna be here and wallow in sorrow, or I'm going to survive. So. I started sewing masks so and I think I sold oh good 300 masks and I did them for my neighbors and my relatives and my relatives in the states and then a local bookshop and and that and it kept me really busy and I thought this is great. I should be sewing you know this is this is what I do and then it just snowballed and here I am now and then finding sew over 50 and it's just
0: I love it it's great really really great when did you find sew over 50?
1: Well, it was when I was, funny enough, making the skirt, the bias binding skirt. I was mainly sewing, as I say, these masks. And then I'd I'd used Instagram because I'm a web designer and a brander. That's what I do for a living. And I've got clients who use Instagram and I'm a lurker and I love Pinterest. And I thought, oh, I'll get great sewing ideas. And I discovered various people who were really into Instagram and they were showing these great things and lots of before and afters. And so over 50 kept coming up and I thought, this is great, you know. And then I thought, and I can't remember what was the first thing I tagged in that. Maybe it may even be this dress I'm wearing now. And it was one of my duvet cover dresses, you know, and this
0: is. Yeah, you were doing the test version. Yes, exactly. Because
1: I'd done bridal wear, I knew that muslims were important. And, and I never really sewn a lot, really fitted things for myself. So I thought I'm going to have to do muslims because otherwise, you know, who knows what you're going to do. And then I started looking at people like, Kay Makes Things, who was like the queen of Muslims and making things. And the fact that she took that time to get it right. And I thought, I'm going to do this. So I started researching, measuring yourself and trying to sew for yourself. And just really got into it, you know, and, and that was that. It's such a lovely community, isn't it? You know, just really friendly, very encouraging. You get your confidence. Like most, I think most people our age, and certainly most sewers, I don't know anybody else who sews. It's ridiculous, you know, and I live in this small town and I am the only person in my neighbourhood who sews, which is handy when the kids are little and they need costumes and whatever, but it's also a pain because everybody says, oh, go to Angie, she'll, she'll run you up something quickly, you know, that sort of, you know, and you're like, yeah, okay. But it's also, it's so frustrating because you want to show off what you've made. You made this thing and you want to go, look what I did. And everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, what, whatever. But you, you say that to other sewists. And they're like, oh, wow, well done. I know how much work that took. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And they appreciate the work that went in. And I think that's definitely what drew me to the community. Absolutely love it. You know, and people like Raquel, you know. Oh, yeah. And and Kiss and Tuss. And there's just, there's so many people, you know, and it just, and I thought, these are kindred spirits. It's crazy. They're all over the world, but it, it's great. I love it. So weirdly pandemic kind of saved me you know I was there sat at home being really lonely not being able to see anybody my sister who's in LA who comes out twice a year normally couldn't come out my oldest son had just left home with his girlfriend I still have my youngest at home but she's on her way out I'm sure so it was just suddenly I've got this great big house this great big garden and nobody to share it with and then sewing meant I could sew things for other people and you know for my niece's children my next door neighbor's grandchildren and that just kind of got me back into you know talking to people really and, and also I think talking about grief and loneliness because you don't talk about these things you kind of just sit and you're lonely but I think you know people moan about the internet but actually it gives you that another level of communication that you just wouldn't have had you know if particularly if you're on your own.
0: Were you able to discuss grief with people online through the sign community? Sometimes it, I had a bad experience right at the beginning. I used to,
1: well, I still, I design digital planners for the iPad. So they're like a Final Facts, but it's for the iPad. And it's a really successful business. And they sell themselves on Etsy pretty much, you know. And somebody who I'd worked with years ago, designing digital scrapbooks for the American market, approached me and said, oh, let's do this together. And I thought, okay. And she was very big in the community. She's got, you know, 20,000, 30,000 followers. And she was a, a businesswoman. I thought, okay. And she was ruthless. And her life was her business. And this is pre-pandemic. She just wasn't interested in a social life. She just wanted to make money to get rich and whatever. I, you know, I told her on the onset, look, I've got this husband who's ill. And this for me is a part time thing and it always will be. And she just became really demanding and just just wouldn't have it. She says, I'm sorry, but this business is business. And it was just... And literally, I'd say six months before Paul died, I just thought, I don't need this. This is toxic, you know? Yeah. And I said, good luck to you and your business. You go and do what you've got to do, but I'm going to. And she was shocked. She says, but we're going to make all this money. I says, well, it's just money, you know, off you go. And she carried on and she's been reasonably successful, not as successful as she thought she would be, interesting enough. And I think that's because the social aspect of any business is really important, particularly if you've got customers you've got to relate to them and empathize with them. And I don't think she has that. Whereas me, I, I'm a people person. I love people, I love talking, and, and I think it's helped my business, you know, and I understand about customer service and when customers complain about something, you've got to find out why, so it doesn't happen again. You've got to make sure they're happy, you know, and that's put me in good stead. You know, I, I take criticism as a positive. Right, how can I make this never happen again? Even if I think they're wrong, it's what they think and you don't want them to feel that way you don't want them to feel bad so I'm constantly saying how can I make this so and that was such an awful experience I just, it kind of put me off social media just thought, oh in the whole connecting with people that were miles away and so I strayed away from that I worked did branding for local companies but I always let somebody else do the social media even though I knew what I was doing I just thought I won't And then this has been the total opposite of that, you know, being involved in Instagram and social media has just been so relaxed. I don't know about you, but it just feels like they're people I've known for years, you know, which is just such a lovely thing to say. These people you've never met. And it's only been a few months for me. But I just feel like, oh, wow, you know, oh, it's my mate. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Well, that's how it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's really. It's, it's so funny, you know. You, you chat and you have a joke with somebody, and if, if I go really wrong and do something stupid, and people will laugh and like, Oh, yes, I've done that. Oh, isn't it ridiculous? There's no judging, which is great, you know, really, really good. So, yeah, yeah.
0: The reason I got you onto the podcast, thank you so much for your backstory. Oh, you know, yes. it's so obvious that you are a people person. However, <laughs> the dress, the duvet bias dress. <laughs> <laughs> tell us that story
1: as well as a serial crafter I'm a serial I'm a bookaholic and I have shelves and shelves of craft books and I remember buying the party dress book yes which is where this idea came from on holiday one year and thinking oh this is great and saying so to my husband oh when I've got some time I'm gonna make this and he said oh that looks like a lot of work I says, oh no it'll be fine it'll be fine you know and I've had this book on my bookshelf for you know at least a decade and funny enough, after i started making masks for, um, you know, for COVID, I thought, oh, I need to do something for me. I need to do something that's a long project that's going to keep me busy and stop me thinking about all these horrible things. So I thought, oh, that. And I that it was a, the bias dress. And I thought, I've got this duvet cover that I bought from, I think it was H&M, which was mustard pure cut. And I thought it was a double-sided duvet. So it was the same on both sides. Right. And it was king size. I thought, that's a lot of fabric. That's over eight meters of fabric. I can do all sorts. It'll be, I can play with it. And if it goes wrong, it doesn't matter because it's loads. I thought, so I thought I'll make this dress and immediately went wrong. So I thought, I know how to do continuous bias. It's an easy thing to do. You cut off a triangle, you sew it back and you do it on the strips. But what I should have done was cut small rectangles and then manageable but I thought no 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 I'm gonna do this really quick I'm gonna just take half of a king size side of a duvet and just do that and of course at that point I didn't have a sewing table so luckily I have a large lounge I was drawing these lines on the floor it took weeks and you'd think just drawing lines would be really quick and it was just absolutely not, what have I done so it took me I'd say a couple of weeks just to draw the lines and then cut the strips. It was just miles and miles and miles. And then I put it in a bag and stuck it in the corner of the room and thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do that one day. Sure, I will. And then I had the other side of the duvet that I thought, oh, I'll just make a normal dress with that. And I had a beautiful vintage 1950s pattern. So I made this dress and that went on Instagram and that was lovely. And I, you know, I made the, the toil for it and I thought it, it was fiddly, but you know, it worked. And then I thought, okay, now's the time. Things were getting really bad with COVID. It was starting to get really stressful. And I thought I need something that I need to concentrate on for a long time. I can't think about anything else. And this was great. So I, I had another duvet, <laughs> which was pure linen in the same mustard. And I thought that will make a great base. This dress because it's got it'll have some structure, yeah. So I did that, I cut it out, and I started sewing around these circles. I had a circle, the circle pattern from the book, yeah. so it was just the skirt. So I cut the circle out, and then you don't need to draw any lines. They so say you just go, it's almost free flow. You start at the top, so you've got maybe 30 inches, a 30 inch circle at the top, because you leave enough to sew a band on the top, a waistband. So I did the first few, and I thought, actually, this is a really nice flowing kind of movement. You put the radio on and you have to look at what you're doing. You can't really think of anything else. You're driving this machine. For a week I just went round and round, and round in circles. And what was great was you it didn't have to be perfect because the base dress was mustard as well. Mm-hmm. If it showed through, it was fine. And I used cream stitching for the stitching of so you did both long edges of the bias and it was as long stitch as you could cope with without it puckering. And it didn't matter there was no pinning you know and you got to the end I did slightly over the, the bottom of the skirt and because it's cut on the bias you don't have to to hem it because it doesn't fray it's just what it is yeah and it was just beautiful and what I loved about it was when the fabric's in its original state it's just straight stripes of the pattern mm-hmm. of this abstract pattern but of course when you cut it on the diagonal it just turns into a whole different thing And then you've also got the the circle movement. It just became a new fabric. I just love this skirt so much. And then I made a long sash because I tend to make long sashes for whatever I do. Yeah. It hides the fact that the dress isn't quite fitted. It's just, it looks fitted, but it's not really. And I can move, you know. And if I gain or lose weight, it doesn't really matter. Nobody will know. You're being real about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The top of the dress has got this, when I put the sash on, this really wide four inch band that I scrunched together and it just it's slimming of course that's the other thing because it's oh, got yeah. this wider band but then also because it's this very structured circle it's it's got all this movement you know it's just really it almost stands on its own and I just every time I wear it because where did you get that because it's so unusual I just love it and I the only thing I haven't done with it is actually sew a button on it and put a buttonhole at the top It actually, it's pinned together with a safety pin. So I will get around to it one day. But then again, it's covered with a sash anyway, so it it doesn't matter. I'm working on the next one now.
0: And what's the next one? Tell us about it. It's
1: another bias dress, but this time it's a dress rather than a skirt. And it's actually the dress on the cover of the book. And what's different about this one is she's put in strips of a coordinating or a contrast fabric so as you're going around the circle just randomly you just add another color and then also the color underneath is a dark color so it peeks through because you're not straight as I said the bottom color gives you this pop every now and again so I've got this Sanderson furnishing fabric which used to be my curtains which I have oh I'd say 14 meters of you know like you do and I've been thinking of what to make with all this fabric I thought I'll make this dress so I'm using that and I think I'm gonna use navy underneath it because this is pinks and reds and greens and it's all very natural and you know, organic and soft. But I thought if we put a very dark navy underneath it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what color I'm gonna use as the accent color of the strips, maybe cream, something that again will stand out so that you've got mainly the Sanderson's going round but you just get these little stripes. And this time rather than doing a skirt I'm going to do a full dress so I'll do a a fitted bodice but strapless and then what you do is you you make a princess seamed bodice but you sew the bias around it without any darts because it's flexible so it'll flex around Mm. the princess seams because it's it's stretchy and then I'll use that you know what's left to make the straps so that that's the plan.
0: That sounds stunning. And maybe put a ruffle on the bottom
1: just because I like ruffles, you know. (laughs) Like you do. I think my children will be relieved because I posted this Instagram post and I said, I've got these rolls and rolls of fabric. I don't know what to do with it. Any ideas? And if you scroll through the pictures, the last picture was a scene from Sound of Music with all of the Von Trapp children wearing this curtain. I thought, this will be my family next year. And my daughter, she says, oh, mom, that's lovely. And I said, be careful what you wish for, honey, because I've got your size. I know, I know your measurements. So, but yeah, I still might do that. I still might be cheeky and make them all something.
0: But um, but yeah, that's that's the next plan, definitely. Look, I'm a bit of a sewing geek. Yeah. Do you run out of thread often? Well,
1: you know, I do. The only thread I never run out of is cream because I used to work for a charity. And it was a charity called Action 21. And what we did is we took donations of things that would be destined for the landfill. And we either resold them or reconditioned them and what have you. And somebody brought in a box of, I'd say, 100 reels of cream cotton. I don't know where it came from. And I thought, oh, I'll pay for these. So I will never, ever have to buy cream (laughs) thread for the rest of my life. I've stopped buying fabric, but now I'm quite obsessed with thread, which is because there's so many different types of thread and I've started patchworking and hand sewing is great for cotton. It's cotton thread works beautifully. Doesn't work very well if you're sewing the machine because it fluffs up. I don't find it as sturdy. And then I treated myself this year to an embroidery sewing machine and a banana. And, of course, there are all these beautiful rayon threads and because it, it's that you can use and it's just another world. So I thought, oh, good, there's something else for me to obsess over, you know. So threads, that's, that's my new thing is threads, <laughs> would you believe?
0: You know, you've got your quilting background. You've gone and done yeah. all this work with bias and duvet and curtains. Yes, yes. I also saw on your feed that you've been dyeing fabric with natural products. Yes, avocados, would you believe? Yes. Which and again,
1: see, that's something I hadn't even thought about. I mean, I dyed fabric. In fact, one of the duvet covers I bought, it was a pink, but not a very nice pink. But it was this one. It was this one, actually, the one I'm wearing, this red dress. So I bought some red dye, and it just made it a beautiful, dark red. And I thought, oh, it'd be nice to have a really nice, pretty, dusky pink colour. And you can't find dusky pink dye. They're either very bright or very pale. And then I saw somewhere somebody had, done some dyeing with avocado and I thought oh obviously that's going to be green or purple and it was pink you know and I just thought this is crazy why is it pink what's going on so there were lots of different ways you could do it. you could just dye with the skins or use the seed itself so I did both so I collected these they these horrible crinkled up sitting on top of a radiator for once and every time somebody walked past to the garden like, mom what are those they're disgusting you know <laughs> and once I had a, a I think it was six of them I put them in my big stock pot and I dyed this fabric and it, it was a dress actually it was a linen dress that I never worn bought it from a charity shop didn't fit needed redoing so I thought well it doesn't matter if it goes wrong it's you know it'll be yeah. fine and I dyed it twice I dyed it in a hot dye with the it's just water and, and the avocados and dyed it first. And then the next day put it back in the dye bath cold and left it for three days. And the color was just just fantastic, absolutely. I found a friend, a local friend, who she does a lot of dyeing. So we're gonna experiment with things and we're growing things in the garden in hopes that we can use them to dye. So that'll be interesting. I also have a freezer full of avocado seeds now. I've got this great big bag that every time anybody eats one, I say, don't throw it away. I need that. I need that. And it goes in the bag in the freezer. So, yeah, fascinating. I love
0: it. You'll be developing dusky pink clothes in your wardrobe, in your capsule wardrobe from these avocado seeds and skins.
1: It will be because my my capsule wardrobe at the moment, apart from the things I've sewn in this last year, are black. It's black, red, grey. That's pretty much my wardrobe. What's nice is now I'm because I'm discovering all these lovely fabrics and things, I'm introducing color more into my wardrobe, which is great because it lifts you, you know, wearing color. And yes, that's been, a, again, a real positive because I'm you open my wardrobe and it's like, oh, look, there's another black dress. Oh, look, there's another black, you know, because it's so easy to wear. You know, it's easy. You haven't got to think about it. I was a lecturer for 20 years and, you know, you had to dress smart. More it was just simple. Oh, put a black suit on, put white shirt on, you know, and everything went with it. So, but now I was listening to, I think it was Marcia's, her podcast the other day, and she was saying one of the great things as you get older is you can wear what you want and it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter what other people think. Mm -hmm. you sort of find your style don't you you do and I think now I know like wrap dresses I've never worn a wrap dress before now I have three and I love them and they work and if people don't like them that's their problem I know I don't wear makeup I don't wear a lot of accessories but I love clothes and I love a particular type of clothes and when you're younger you think oh this doesn't suit me this doesn't suit my age or I shouldn't wear that who cares I don't even think about whether or not it suits me now I just think do I like it? Is it comfortable? Will I love it? And that's that, you know. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you went to all the trouble of making sure that your wrap dress fit. And now you've exactly. got three that you love wearing in the yeah. colours yeah. that you love as well.
1: Exactly. I think that's the other thing about being a home sewer is, if, particularly if you sew for yourself, you know your body, you know what works and what doesn't. I mean, I was lucky when I did wedding and evening wear because I had a couple of clients who I did their whole wardrobe so I got to know them over years and I knew what fitted them and what suited them I never really knew that about me because I very rarely made think for myself but now and I've got really short waist it's just ridiculous but now I know how to fix that in a pattern I know where I need to take it in it's not at the bottom you know it's in other places mm-hmm. you know and how you don't need to take as much out of the back as you do perhaps at the front and all those things you know because I've been Tuning it up till now, it's taken me typically two practices on a bodice to get it right, whereas now, one and probably now, you know, hopefully in a few months' time, won't need any because I know what the sizing is and I know what works and I know how to fix it from a commercial pattern, how to make it for me. It's a joy, I love it.
0: (laughs) Are there any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would say, you know, in
1: these awful, stressful, worrying times. Find something that you enjoy, that you can focus on. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's sewing or cooking or gardening, but just something that you can go and focus on where you don't need to think about anything else, Or you can't think of anything. It's such a release. It's so comforting. You know, even if it's maybe an audio book, maybe when you go to bed, pick, I do this, listen to an audiobook, because mm-hmm. you just lose yourself. I've tried watching films in bed and I fall asleep. But whereas listening to a book, it's just, and everything else escapes. And it's the same with gardening. If I'm out in the garden, I've got so many little jobs to do. I can't think about anything else. I've just got to get these jobs done. And the same, if I'm sewing something, particularly if it's something big, I've I've got to concentrate. Or if I've started sewing bags and wallets. And because they're so tiny, they're very fiddly. So you really have to look at what you're doing, take your time, go very slow. And that slow sewing is just, it's wonderful because you really have to focus. So I would say just find something that and, and join a community. And if you're a sewer, sew over 50 is just wonderful. It's great. It's so lovely to see people my age, you know, crafting and showing off their creations. It's, it's great.
0: Oh, Angela, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we kind of started talking, like I hit record as soon as we said hi. Oh, <laughs> good. That's the way to do it, yeah. Well, I, I don't like losing parts where it might just be quite organic, and I think this has been a very organic. It's,
1: it has, hasn't it? Yes, which yes. is nice, yes.
0: Did I ask you how people can find you on social media?
1: It's just Angie Hinksman, Instagram at Angie Hinksman. I'm lucky that I grabbed my name, you know, way back years ago. So I'm, you know, yeah, that's, that's me.
0: Okay, that's great. Great, great. You're such an inspiration for someone who has had a lot of things happen to her life. Yeah, thank you. And has come through it and given people some inspiration. Oh, bless you. That's so kind. I've really felt like talking about the bias dress was almost as if I was making light of what you've been through because you've been through so much
1: yeah but but that's that's life though isn't it it's it's sometimes it's these little things that you do that actually transform you or, or bring things out of you that you didn't know were there it can be the smallest thing
0: you know yeah absolutely definitely it's been a, an absolute pleasure meeting you Angie oh and you thank you so much it's my pleasure bye and have a lovely day listeners this episode of Soul Organized Style Podcast, Force so Over 50, was produced by me, Maria The Harris, with permission of Angie Hinksman, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good apps. Make sure you listen to over 40, so over 50 podcasts we've now published. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Soul Organized Style or on our website at www.soulorganizedstylepodcast.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.